you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Aaron Addison's. On American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sweet Victory and J-Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show, and we really do appreciate them. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into content for today, uh, we want to make sure that we tell you about the Marriage Family Life Conference yes. that is happening July 6th to the 8th. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> July 6th to the 8th. Uh, you can register now, get the early bird rate. Uh, just use the code earlybird23. Uh, go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net. You can, once you go on the page, you can see this little short video that uh, Miki and I did, you know, just talking mm-hmm. about the conference. Uh, and also you can click on speakers. You can see the speakers that will be uh, this year and, and read their bios. But, man, go and register uh, MFL 23 for his glory alone. And want to make sure you, you, you register uh, for his glory alone. Were you going to say I'm me? sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't no, it's all good. Too quickly. Go ahead. You were telling me yesterday yeah. um, that because I, I was, I'm, you know, it's curious just who was the first person to register for this conference. Yeah. So shout out to Todd. That's the first who, person I saw. Todd. Yes. Registered. Um, and maybe a. For him and his family, I don't know. That's what uh, it looked like. Just four tickets. <laughs> uh, it'd be great to be able to meet him, the first registrant, yes. um, for the conference yes. 2023 for yes. his glory alone. That'll be fun. Yeah, um, we'll have to find him. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to find him. Yes, <laughs> maybe call him up to the stage. I'm sure, he'll love that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, Todd. Sorry, Todd. He's like, okay, want my money back? Not coming. <laughs> All right. Uh, but no, go ahead. I, I jumped in too quickly. You were encouraging oh, no. our listeners That's to, fine. To That's register. fine. No, just MFL Conference uh, 23, uh, marriagefamilylife.net. You can go register uh, July 6th to the 8th is the conference. The Cadence Bank Arena It's going to just be a great time. It's a conference yeah. for the, the whole family. We have yep. our youth apologetics track getting ready, you know, so it's, it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Yeah. You know, every year that um, the Lord has enabled us to do this, we have learned from the previous year. And I I feel like um, we've been able to build on that knowledge and build on that experience every year. Um, Getting attendees feedback has been so critical. It has been so helpful. And it's been given, um, I I would say, overwhelmingly from just such a, a humble spirit, the attendees, you know, mm. I, I don't feel like there's been this, you know, but right. I, I do feel like there's been um, great uh, constructive criticism That's right. and great suggestions that have been made. And where we can, we have implemented those suggestions. And yes. I feel like the conference has just gotten better and better Amen. every year. And so every year I look forward to seeing what God is going to do. Yes. And there are uh, various members of the body of Christ who are first time attendees but then there are so many others who've been coming since day one. <laughs> since 2018. I mean, they, they, and, and that's, I, I, I don't know, you know, that, that to me is just yeah. so unique, right? Like that they're like, 
just because the first year, I mean, <laughs> it could have been in our backyard. <laughs> well, not and when quite. I, I, well, not quite. No, no certainly yeah. not quite. But what, when I say that, I mean, we were talking to such a small audience is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. And so for those who were coming, they were they were coming truly because they're like, OK, you guys are our people. Like, yeah. we, we oh, you know, we don't. But so, I, I anyway. love that the feel is the the feel is still the same. I, I feel like it's family, you know, yeah, because we for are the, sure. the family of God, you know. And to give the perspective, the youth apologetics track in that first year was like uh, 50, 50 children. Yes, you know. Now we're hitting almost five hundred. You know, and that's an that's an intentional cutoff because yes, we don't want yes. the quality of it to suffer. That's right. In fact, all of the numbers that surround the conference are to maintain the quality of the That's conference. Right. I right. know that there are many conferences all across this country mm-hmm. that the aim is for it to be bigger and better, you know, and, right. and to have more attendees. But for us, we have chosen not to focus on trying to make it as big as it can possibly be because we don't want the content to That's suffer. Right. And in right. order to do it the way we really believe that the Lord has burdened our heart to do it, um, there's a certain number that we've got to stay within as it, as it pertains to the children. Yeah. And, um, and so because a lot of families attend, that is usually the control factor, yeah. the, the children and the number of children and, and being able That's to right. make sure that they are adequately equipped. I, I mean, I'm telling you when, when you consider the culture that we live in, mm-hmm. that it is relentless and going after our kids, yeah. we cannot continue giving them goldfish you know, I, and I say that as, you know, as a joke, but but really from a passionate place, we can't keep giving them what we had been giving them and expect that they will be able to stand in the culture and in the time that they're in. No, you're right. And so one of the things that we absolutely did not want to suffer was that aspect of the conference that we are intentional about training and equipping our kids and making sure they understand not only what they believe, but why they believe it Mm. and how to communicate it in a hostile culture. Mm. And they've got to be able to do that. They've got to be able to understand how do we use the words, the gift of words that God has given us Mm. to be able to communicate truth in a culture where they are hostile to that Mm. and even believe that they can shape truth, you know, that truth becomes what they want. And so we deal with all of those aspects uh, in the youth apologetics track. And that is exactly what it is. It is a track that is dedicated to equipping our kids to give a reason for the hope that lies within them. Yeah. And you have to understand, and I've, I've said this before, and then we'll, we'll get into t- today's topic, mm-hmm. but I, I've said this before. When we talk about being ready to give a reason for the hope that lies within us, this is 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, and mm-hmm. it is the famous apologetics scripture, and, 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 and for good reason, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand that. Yeah. But I think one of the things that we have overlooked is the amount of intentional holy living that leads up to that verse, Mm. right? It is Peter, the apostle Peter being carried along by the Holy spirit Mm -hmm. is instructing us to live Mm counterculturally. Chapter one, live counterculturally. Chapter two, live counterculturally. Chapter three, all the way up to verse 14. Then you hit 15 (laughs) and you've got to be ready to give a reason for why you've done all of those things Mm. that led up to Mm. chapter three, verse 15. And what we are doing is we are coupling, we are coupling faithful, holy set apart living with a, an ability to give a reason for that. Like there's, there's, there's a reason that you're not going to be clapping while other people are clapping. 
<laughs> Come on. We've got to train our Man. kids, okay, Man. to be ready to be the first one to stop and just say, hey, something's mm. I can't not, clap with that. I can't, not clapping I can't, for that. can't laugh at that. You understand? Yeah. And yeah. our kids, man, they, they deserve to have that. Yeah. You, you know, we tell them to be faithful, but, man, they really deserve, and, and maybe a stronger word is they're desperate to know how to be faithful. Mm. And I think that's a great way for us to just segue into what we want to talk about today. Today's topic is the fact that true disciples of Jesus Christ are the sore thumbs of America. Mm. <laughs> you're like, Miki, you're always so bright, <clears throat> so cheerful. Um, but that's the reality of where we live. Our country is not, and we talk about this all the time, our country is not the country that uh, we as parents and grandparents uh, grew up in. And for those of us who are truly disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are standing out and increasingly ever the more in this culture, we are standing out like sore thumbs. Mm. We draw attention to ourselves. Now, here's the thing. This was always going to be the case for Christians that we were going to draw attention to ourselves Hence, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, be ready to give a reason for why you stand out and are drawing attention to yourself. The thing that's caught us off guard and, and continues to catch us off guard is that we have to do it in America. Yeah. Because we've been so comfortable. Right. We've, we've not had to really stand out because we've all been, quote unquote, good around here. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, and so now, increasingly, we have an opportunity to show what it really is to be a disciple wow. of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. And that's kind of where we want to start in the discussion today. And, and Will the Great, you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, let's have a conversation kind of in setup for a couple of these articles that we have in front of us. Uh, a conversation around what it means to be a disciple versus what we have historically nurtured um, in this country, which is being a convert, a, a believer, mm-hmm. a believer. Yeah. Um, what, yeah. How do we describe the difference between being a believer yeah. and being a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? Yeah, being a believer, a convert, is one who has yes, genu- uh, genuinely put their faith in Christ. You know, they believe, um, have given a mental assent, and I believe that their heart match you know, what they have agreed to, you know, in their mind. So they are a true believer, but a disciple is one that I believe that presses in, you know, uh-huh. further. Like it's governed by the word of God, it's living out the word of God and also abiding in Christ. Yes. You know, um, yes. I was reading a book and I think it's so profound. Uh, Andrew Murray was saying how, you know, uh, much is made of making converts, which is rightfully so. We want people to be born again. But the the totality, really, of the Christian life uh, after that is going to be spent in a, learning to abide in Him. Yes, you know, and that's yes. where true discipleship comes out of abiding mm-hmm. in Him. You know, mm-hmm. abiding in His Word, and so uh, disciples are, are made through uh, uh, a staying and abiding in Him. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and taking not only that conversion, but taking that even further to to living out. You know yes. what it means to be a believer. Yes, I think it's so interesting that the Lord Jesus in uh, John's gospel uh, is recorded. The Lord Jesus is preaching and teaching on who he is. And the Bible records that there were Jews who believed him. Mm-hmm. They they believed in him. The Bible specifically says that they believed in him. And I'm looking at John chapter 8, 
um, verse 30. This is after the woman caught in adultery is brought to him and, you know, and her accusers one by one go away. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then this is the Lord Jesus is, is preaching that he is from above, that he is doing what his father has sent him to do. And the Bible records that there were Jews who were listening who believed in him. Uh, John chapter eight, verse 30 says, and as he spoke these things, many came to believe in him. But verse 31 says something that I think is so important for us as we train our children, as we influence our grandchildren Mm -hmm. and participate in their training as well, as we ourselves are fortified and even searching our hearts and understanding or answering the question honestly and sincerely, are we really disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Are, are we are we sort of like the, um, you know, we have this sentiment where we like him mm. and, and we believe what he says is true, right. but are we really disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ? And Jesus makes a distinction between those people who believe in him and those who are actually truly his disciples. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be so critical for us as we navigate the America that we live in. And so in verse 31, the Bible says, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him. So mm-hmm. first, let's establish they believe in him. Yeah. They're listening to him preach and teach. And they're like, I believe in him, which is different from believing him. OK, you're saying good stuff. I believe in him. And then verse 31 says, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word then you are truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Mm. So I was thinking about this and this is something that, that we have been, Will the Great and I have been pressing into the heart and mind of our children Mm -hmm. right now. What is it to truly be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? So we have them memorizing Luke chapter nine, verse 23. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Mm. If anyone wishes to come after me, right? So what does this really mean? What does this really look like? And then the question is, why is it important for us to understand this in the time that we're living in? Yeah. Because increasingly, and we see this already, guys, and and so we we no longer really speak in terms of what is going to happen. We we are here. We are in this moment already that this absolute denial of self, this rejection of our own comfort and our own need for acceptance, the rejection of all of that is going to be indicative of whether or not we are truly following after the Lord Jesus Christ, whether or not we are continuing in his word. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Oh my God, it's a miracle. I hear you speaking to me, Lord. It's a stereo. I'm trying to change and I know I got a ways to go. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Appreciate you listening. Today we are uh, talking about true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ really standing out like sore thumbs in America, um, drawing a lot of attention to ourselves and um, yay. Because it's an opportunity. I mean, I know yeah. it feel it's weird. I know it's weird because we've been so comfortable. We've we've been so comfortable. We've been able to blend in 
right? Because we've all been, you know, we've, we've all been pretty good. And so now that we are peculiar, as we've always been, guys, and I'm saying that kind of tongue in cheek, saying that we've all been good. Um, but now we have the opportunity to truly live all that we've been reading and all that we've observed. We have an opportunity to join with our brothers and our sisters around the world and even to join with our Savior Christ in suffering mm. for bearing his name. He left us an example in how to suffer. This is going to be a little bit jolting for some of us. Because whether or not we were given to prosperity gospel teaching, we still had this idea that we're supposed to be happy. Yeah. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Yeah. We've, we've all, we've believed that's in, that's, that's, that's a part of it. That's, in it. <laughs> that's a part of our heritage guys. Yeah. And, and look, I know there's some people who are going to say, they're going to say to me, don't touch what the founding fathers wrote. And I'm going to say, shh. <laughs> because one thing could have been changed. It would have been so it would have been so good. Life, liberty, and pursuit of holiness. You'll say shh. Shh. My Life, grand, liberty. My grandmother would say hush. Hush. Shh. <laughs> hush up. Just listen. Listen. <laughs> Lean in. Shh. <laughs> uh, say that lovingly. Uh, <laughs> Life, liberty, and pursuit of holiness. And 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 I'm gonna venture off here just for a second to make my case. Mm-hmm. Why would I why would I say that? Why would I say that? Because the pursuit of happiness will entice you and draw you to murder a baby. Mm. But the pursuit of holiness, mm. right, first entices, if you will, or draws you toward being chased. Okay? That's the pursuit of holiness says be chased. But if you fall or fail in that area, then you get up and you pursue holiness again, and now you endure the consequences, right? Mm. The the result of your sin. You don't try to cover it by by having the baby murdered. Come and that's on. just that's just an example. Yeah. One example. We could go on there tons. They're tons, right? right? The pursuit of holiness draws us to be more conformed to the image and the likeness of Christ. Mm. The pursuit of happiness does not. Mm. It does not. And in fact, you're not going to find that in scripture anywhere. But it is <laughs> it has become a part of the way we think. Yeah. So what I'm saying is and at the risk of sounding like a flaming liberal, you gotta <laughs> do the unlearning. They're all about <laughs> unlearning. Ah, I hate it. But in this case, what we have learned in that area is true. The, I think the question that came in before we went to the break, mm-hmm. uh, Will the Great, this was via the chat, yeah. was how do you deny yourself? Yeah, what does that look like? What What does it look like? Yeah. Man, if I could tell you simply and then maybe unpack it because that's kind of how I'm built. Um, <laughs> it is the complete and utter rejection of all of your natural inclinations. Mm. Th- those things that comprise the self, like seriously, those things that comprise the self, those things that are natural to us we have to reject those things we deny those things in exchange for following the lord jesus christ taking up our cross not so much wearing it around our neck come on as bearing it on our back Mm. with the willingness and the readiness to plant it and get on it every single day Mm. every single day which means every day there's an opportunity for you to die to yourself that's right Every single day, day. there's an opportunity for you to put the flesh to death. And can I just say, I sound like J. Vernon McGee. May I say to you, when you you do it, I find myself saying that to the kids. May I just say to you, um, when you do that, you feel it. You, Mm. You actually feel it. Why? Because you're doing something that is like contrary to your natural inclination. Right. When you, I'll use myself as an example, have the words that you want to say. Mm hmm but you choose not to say them. Mm. It's not, you know, there's no, there's, there, there is no like, um, 
virtue in like I couldn't find the words, so I just <laughs> kept quiet. Well, mm-hmm. of course you did because you couldn't find the words. Right. No, but when you can find the words, in fact, when the words find you and they just come <laughs> to you and they're so natural, they're just always saying, hey, here, you, this one, choose this and say this and you can get them, you know, and you say, no, I won't. Mm. I won't. But you choose to pray and you choose to entrust yourself to the care of the master. Right. This is death to self. This mm. is and, and think about it. Like, it's amazing because all of these things that I'm talking about, if, if you survey the scriptures and, and, and indeed I can only talk about these things because they are laid out for us in scripture. You see that this is what Christ did. He entrusted himself to the father mm. Amen. consistently laying down his will. This when we talk about what it is to come to God, it is a submission of wills. That's what it is. It is you're saying not my will, your will. Mm hmm. Right. Which is totally different from the world that we live in and this overly feeling culture that we live in that says everything that I want, my happiness, all 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 that makes me feel good in life. Yes, to those things. Mm. Here's what I'm suggesting. And and increasingly, and I'm going to I want to turn to a a commentary that I was reading uh, from Dennis Prager. I thought it was very interesting. Increasingly in the United States of America. We have an opportunity to live in such a way that we will draw and we are drawing so much attention to ourselves because there are just things that we cannot do. There are just things that we will not do. And why? Because Jesus said, if you continue in my word, Mm. then you are truly disciples of mine. That's right. So it's not this. I'm a Christian. Okay, good. What does that look like in your life? Right. What does that look like in the life of your children? Do you like we have practical moments, practical opportunities where we can challenge and train our children. I have said this before. I will say it again. I've said it privately as well. I could make mothering a lot easier on me. But I would not see the results that I desire in my children. Mm. Do you understand my desire is to make followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, to make disciples of Christ. Mm. That means not only do they follow Christ, but they are able to live in the context that they are in as they follow him. Amen. Right? Like, I mean, yeah, I could I could make kids who could, you know, do the right things in front of me, do the right things at home. They could do the right things by mm-hmm. going to church and they could, you know, but that, I'm not really interested in them impressing you. Right. Do you, do you understand what right. I'm saying? I mean, it's it's great when people say, oh, man, your kid was so polite. OK, praise God. Great. Praise, praise God. God. Man. Yay. But that's I'm not living for that. Right. right. I want them to know Christ. Right. I want them to be able to live the fact that they know Christ. And what you're talking about is like that example of man, he was so polite. You know, we see that as a result of Christ being formed. in Amen. Them. In you them. Know. Amen. And so Amen. that's the that's the that's what we desire, that Christ will be formed uh, in them just as he is within us. Amen. You know, the Amen. same thing, not a hand me down type thing. No, they the same type of forming that we have undergone and are, are undergoing. We want in our children. You know, I was talking to uh, Sam Witt and Nathaniel yesterday. And as we were spending some time in devotion and reading God's word and they were just sharing their hearts, asking questions. And so trying to make sure that they understand this faith 
that they say they have believed or that they have uh, come into this knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, yeah. they are six and eight and, and they're memorizing Luke chapter nine, verse 23. So I was talking to them about what it is to deny yourself. Interestingly enough, mm. what it, what it looks like to follow Christ, to, to take up your cross daily, right. And to follow Christ. And I was giving some examples and I was talking to them about sin and how disobedience is sin and, and lying is sin and, and the different things that we do that are very natural to us. But I was also encouraging them that when we wrestle with these things, when we struggle with these things, we must repent. We must go to the Lord and we must repent. And it's so interesting. And I've heard this before from Sam Witt, who is six. And he said, oh, he goes, Mama, I do that all the time. Mm. He goes, he goes, and, and yesterday he says, he says, um, when I'm in trouble and I'm in my room, he says, I open up my blinds, I open up my window and I'm just like, oh God, forgive me. Mm. Why did I do that? And he, and, and I thought, Lord, continue to convict <laughs> Amen. his heart. Amen. I don't want him to just be like, oh, you know, your kid is so polite. I want him to understand that sin separates us from God mm. to have this conviction. Why is this important? Because our kids are going to be tempted every single day that they live in this world. Mm. It's, it's not even, um, it's not even a fair fight. I was talking to another kid and then I'm going to go to this article here. I was talking to another one of our kids and it was a, just a one-on-one -on -one discipleship moment. And I asked her a question and I will ask you this question and you may, you may use this as a tool as you talk to your kids about the attack that they face, right? From the evil one. Our kids are under attack. You're under attack. Your kids are not under attack from like kid demons. <laughs> right, right. You understand? Like, there's not like a teenage group of demons, right? No, it's, it's the, the same ones, okay, mm. that are attacking you are attacking your kids. So how can you equip them goldfish? Right. You understand? So I was talking to her and I asked a very simple question. I said, do you think that Satan is merciful? <laughs> like, do you think that Satan feels sorry for you are merciful when he attacks you. And she said, no, no. And I said, right, right. So this is, this is not a part of the character trait of our enemy, mm. right? That he will relent, that right, he will right. be like, ah, uh, probably kicked him too much. <laughs> Pro right. Probably, probably deceived him too much. Oh, now they're going and cutting off healthy body parts and children mm. probably should pull back. No, Satan is not merciful. On, he man. wants our destruction. He hates us because we are made in the image of God, among other things. Right. Yeah. And so what do we have to do? We have to be filled with the spirit of God. Mm -hmm. We have to be filled. You know, I, I, I know that there are people who um, when they talk of our common enemy, they talk like they're just dealing with some old. Uh, costumed character with horns and a pitchfork. <laughs> like, they're like, that old devil. Like, and, and I'm just like, hold up a second. Do you understand that we are talking about the one who presented himself to the Lord Jesus to tempt him? <laughs> I, I think he's formidable. Mm. I think he's formidable. And I think that God knowing this gave us the power of the Holy Spirit to Amen. indwell us so that we Amen. could stand. It's not on our own. Not it is the own. power of That's the right. Holy Spirit who indwells us. That's it right. is the authority of God's word that our kids have to be like steeped in. They have to know, right? Because we live in a wicked culture. 
Speaking of it, now I want to turn to this commentary that I was reading, um, written by Dennis Prager. And just listen to this. And, and I mean, again, you, you already know this, okay? You already see this. Dennis Prager. At the present time, China is the greatest threat. China is the greatest threat to world stability. Russia is the world's premier aggressor nation. And Islamist groups are the primary exporters of terror and religious totalitarianism. And for the first time in history, America is the world's major exporter of destructive ideas. Mm. For the first time in history, America is the world's major exporter of destructive ideas. America has been gradually abandoning its unique value system and is consequently becoming a less free, less humane, less prosperous, and more corrupt country. You Stop me when you detect any lies in what he's writing here. In fact, he continues, in fact, at this moment, America is no longer the best country, the exceptional country it has been since 1776. There may not yet be a better country, but that is a cold comfort. <laughs> we are in the incredible position of being feared by many other relatively free societies. More than a few European countries actually reject America's current values. Mm. <laughs> wait, wait, what? This is what, guys, this is what it looks like when the beacon goes dim. Come on. Like wow. when the city on a hill is no mm. longer illuminated mm. and you've got other nations that we would have scoffed at saying, oh, no, we don't. I, I no. can't get with that. We can't get. <laughs> we're not. We're not. <laughs> Guys, on. this is a national embarrassment. This is what happens when you live in a country that rejects God. You become a national embarrassment. Yeah. A byword, scoffing, like people hiss and shake their heads at you. I mean, think about it. You had people that would come over to this country to see, man, why is this working? Why is it so great? What's going on? Like, why is it so great? Uh-huh. And now you have countries, you know, that like, man, we they, they've gone too far. You like, know what? We That's can't a even, bridge too far. Yeah, we can't get with that. We're pulling it back. <laughs> We're reining it in. And this is something that I think is so interesting. The point that he makes here, one of the most obvious examples as he continues in his commentary He says the most obvious example of America in decline is the perverse American doctrines surrounding transgender issues. Mm. Guys, listen to me. Like it or not, comfortable or not, this is the issue that we must deal with. The pendulum will swing back and then it will swing forth. And we enter into these times where there are things that we have to lean in on. And again, I understand it falls into a category where people will say, why do you talk so much about that? And mm-hmm. I already told you yesterday what I think the better question is. Okay. Why are they doing that so much? Mm. Why, why are they pressing in on our children on all sides and confusing them? In, in many cases, confusing them in irreversible ways, ways right. that they can't come back from. Right. And this transgender, so-called transgender issue is that issue right now. And it's amazing because you've got other countries in the world that are actually kind of seeing the light and saying, hold on a second, we are messing up our children. We are actually destroying our posterity. And so now they're pulling back. 
They're saying, we're actually not going to do the hormone blocker thing. <laughs> we're actually not going to do the self, like, or do the mutilating to the body. Mm. Like, we're, we're, we're not going to allow for this to happen to our children. But America is saying, ah, nah, we just can't get enough of it. Mm-hmm. We need more clinics. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll take the break. We'll be right back. This is Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Welcome back. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Dennis Prager continues here. And I, I, I really, I kind of would like to today get to uh, John Piper's recent commentary because I think it it lines up with what we're talking about, how we are going to have to really stand out in the country that we love. Yeah. Like we, we love our country, but you know, if your country is barreling in a direction that is, you know, wicked, you gotta, you, you gotta go in the opposite direction. You have to, you know what I mean? Which is, which is going to cause you to look a little peculiar. Yeah. But I think somewhere in scripture, we were told that we that we are, (laughs) you know what I mean? And so now we just have the opportunity to be that. But back to this, uh, this uh, uh, Dennis Prager commentary here. He says more and more European countries are guys. Please just listen. Lean lean (laughs) in. I'm sorry. They were like, we were listening. I know. But just for a second. okay. Dennis Prager. More and more European countries are rejecting the perverse worlds of Yale and virtually every other American university of the New York Times and virtually every other mainstream left-wing medium of Boston Children's Hospital and virtually every other children's hospital and of the University of Minnesota Medical School and virtually every other medical school. Mm. Switzerland has just announced that as far as the Swiss nation and government are concerned, sex is not non-binary. Which, by the way, guys, let me just say this. Okay, pause for a second here, Prager. Um, if you're reading God's word, you already know that. Come on, come on. Like these are the things that, as for the Christians, when okay, when I was when I was younger, I used to play this game on Sega. It was called uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and when you took too long to move Sonic, he used to stand there tapping his foot. <laughs> yeah. I can see this 12, 13. I can see him tapping his foot like his arms would fold like he wanted to be moving. I feel like for the Christian, if you're steeped in the word of God, every time the world makes its way to truth, you should be already there tapping your foot like, OK, right. <laughs> like, yeah, right. of course, it's male and female. <laughs> and it sounds so elementary, but like your reason. Well, because the Bible tells us so mm-hmm. in this case. Yeah, and also biology, right? right. Like, right. Which, I mean, okay. yeah. Okay. Back, back to Prager, though, the smart one. In Switzerland, there are only two sexes, as has been the case in essentially every civilization in recorded history, because that is the reality. Mm-hmm. He goes on Sweden, the American left's most admired society until it broke with the rest of the West by allowing children to stay in school during COVID 19. <laughs> Anyway, has also broken with America on the transgender issue. Sweden's National Board of Health and Welfare ended the practice of prescribing puberty blockers for minors under age 18. We're like, come and get it. And (laughs) if even you think you think you're somebody different in America, in America, we've put it in a plastic bag and stuck it inside a Cap'n Crunch. Man. 
We, we so don't care about children. We make it a prize in cereal. Guys, that's a joke. Nobody go look that up. They're like, because I heard the heard the lady saying on today they putting it in a cereal. No, that's I'm it's exagger, exaggeration for effect, right, people. Right. I don't want Captain Crunch coming for me. You know what they did with Oprah and the beef. I'm I'm just. <laughs> they're like, don't worry, you're not Oprah. I know I'm not. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> oh, but favorite things. Okay, as of December, back to Prager. As of December, mastectomies will only be offered in the rarest of circumstances. I mean, that's questionable there, rarest of circumstances. Mm -hmm. But he continues here. Tom and Linden, I'm sorry, Thomas Linden, a head of the national board announced, quote, young people. Now, this is important. Young people who suffer from gender dysphoria need to be able to quickly receive an investigation and be offered adequate care measures. But now here's the distinction based on the health and medical services assessments of the care needs that they have mm-hmm. and good psychosocial care is fundamental. Hmm. Wait a minute. This is what we have been saying. Mm-hmm. We've been saying that our children are stressed out. We are been, we've been saying that our children are confused We've been saying that our children are growing and they're changing and they're developing. We don't deal with the angst that they have over that growth and that development by chopping off body parts, right. reconstructing their faces and all of these things. That's not how we, we, we don't. And now other countries are saying, yeah, that's not good. So now we need to deal with the psychological issues that they have. That's something that psycho uh, social care but it seems like that's what had been done in this country. Like it was something going on mentally, you know, un, un, until we began to ban it. Right. Un, until we began even to have big corporations saying that if you try to counsel people mm-hmm. in their confusion, that that is hateful, right. that that is abusive. I mean, up until that point, we thought counseling was good. Yeah. We thought dealing with people's psychosocial issues mm-hmm. was a good thing. It was a good thing. So how is it that we, as the United States of America, have gotten to the place where we've got to outsource, um, you know, smart? <laughs> you understand? Dang. Now now, now we're trying to put it on, on big crates and bring it back into the country. Now we're trying to take wisdom mm-hmm. from other nations... And we're trying to bring it back. We're trying, we're trying to import wisdom because there's a great dirt. There's a great, there's a great vacuum yeah. in this country. A strong delusion. A strong delusion. Even a lie. But can, can I just say that for those of us who were holding on to the word of God, we have remained peculiar. We have remained separated even among people that we feel like, man, we should have so many more commonalities. Mm-hmm. There are just some things that we cannot share with them. Right. There are just some things that we cannot participate in. Let me open the phone lines. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We have an opportunity, those of us who are true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, to stand out like sore thumbs in America. And it's interesting, even as America is standing out in the world for all of the wrong reasons, by the way, for all of the wrong reasons. You know, it was interesting. I was reading um, in John chapter 17 because I was thinking about 
how we are set apart and we're separate in this world. And in Jesus's prayer for the disciples, Jesus's mm-hmm. prayer for the apostles, um, in verse 17, chapter 17, John, this is in the book of John, he prays to the father, asking the father to sanctify them in the truth. Mm. And he says, your word is truth. Mm. So this, this word here, this sanctify, this is hagiatso, right? This, this is the holy word. This is set them apart. This mm. is make them different. And then what does Jesus say? Make them different in, in the truth. Mm. Make them, set them apart, purify them in the truth. Your word, your word is truth. And so I'm thinking about this when we talk about what it is to stand out in culture and our kids are going to stand out in culture. Our grandkids are going to stand out in culture. How is this going to happen? It is going to happen because they are steeped in God's word. It is going to happen because we give them a healthy helping of God's word daily. Every single day (laughs) that we are making much of who Jesus Christ is, that we are making much of the truth. And you know what? And Jesus prayer for the apostles. And and it's it's amazing. You know, people who like to find their names in the Bible. I don't I can't find my name in the Bible, but for people (laughs) who like to find their names in the Bible and they're like, oh, look, is it me? It's me. Here you are in verse 20 as well of chapter 17 in the book of John. Here you are, every one of you, regardless of what your name is, okay? If you have believed in and become a follower, a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, then Jesus mentions you here in verse 20 when he says this, I do not ask on behalf of these alone. So not only for the apostles, but for those also who believe in me through their word. Mm. Guys, that's you and me. Yes. That's you. We have believed. So what is Jesus is saying this same thing that I pray for them. I pray for the ones who will believe in me because of the apostles word. Guys, that's that's us. Yes. We, we are on the Lord's mind here as he is praying. So what do we have the opportunity to do? We have the opportunity to stand out. We have the opportunity and some may find us very annoying. Some may despise us, but you're in good company, right? Because what did Jesus say? That the slave is not greater than the master. Mm. And if he was despised and rejected, if he was hated, then we can't expect to live a more comfortable life than that. That's right. All right. Will the Great, let's go to the phone lines, 888-589-8840. Where are we headed? All right, let's go to Jared in Ohio. Hi, Jared. Hey, well, Miki, how are you today? Doing Hello. Great. Hey, uh, Will, you just mentioned the word delusion when you were talking about the whole transgender issue and how it's messing with our kids. Delusion. What was the name of the law that the Puritans enacted for the education of their children? You know, I don't know. Wait, say that again. Can you ask that the, question again? Go ahead. What was the name of the law that the Puritans enacted for the education of their children? I don't know that. Can you tell me what that is? The Old Deluder Satan Act. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Didn't know that. Because they they saw the temptation and the delusion 
of Satan as mm. a problem mm-hmm. for their children, and they knew they knew that they needed to bring education to their children, and that was why they enacted the you know laws for the first schooling in the new world. Mm. And tell tell me the t- tell me the name of this act, the the what the old deluder. The Old Deluder Satan Act. I believe wow. that is the correct name for it. I remember Old Deluder, though. <laughs> hey, hey, but here, you you know, if you listen on a regular basis, I'm going to just do a little research. I'll just look it up. That's very interesting to me. That is, that's that's how I learn. Yeah. So that, that grabs Thank my you, attention. Jared. That's something that I, I would be interested in learning a little bit more about. I appreciate you calling with that because, I mean, what a connection to make to understand that even as we educate our kids— we fortify them against the deluder. Mm. That, that, that is what we are actively seeking to do. Man, and I could go other places, but we've got some other callers that I want to get to. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, uh, Mojo in uh, Mississippi. Go ahead. Yes, I'm enjoying y'all show immensely. You're on fire today. God bless uh, you. I wanted to know who it was that wrote said paper criticizing the U.S. vis-a-vis other countries, Switzerland, Sweden, et cetera. I oh, yeah, this catch is... The name. Sure. This is Dennis Prager. Yeah. This is this is Dennis Prager. Okay. And uh, Mr. Will, you yes. occasionally talk about sound money. Uh, bring up Ron Paul and his writings and knowledge any time you feel like it. Ron he, he's Paul? a great leader that does not get enough attention. Okay. Well, thank you, Mojo. We appreciate Ron your call. Paul. Thank you, Ron thank Paul. You. Okay. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Will the Great. Where do we go next? All right, let's go to Cynthia in Texas. Hi, Cynthia. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. How y'all doing today? Good, good. <laughs> Great. Good, good, good. Hey, I, you know, it's kind of a combination of a lot of things you've been talking about today. But, you know, one of the things that I found, because right now I'm up to about 131 young people from 30 to 40, years, three years old to 40, that mm. I'm constantly trying to, encourage and I do things every mm. month and through the month and everything wow. to kind of keep the word of God in front of them yes. and try yes. to encourage them. Okay. But you know, one of the things, the saddest things I'm finding that the parents and the grandparents, and most of them, I know 95% of them do nothing to reinforce mm. or be an example of, of, you know, making the word of God and mm. prayer Yes. important in their life. Yeah. So it's harder for me when I come along. I'm like, well, you know, are you reading the word of God? Cause I yes. got them all engraved Bibles and everything. And they, wow. some, a lot of them will say, you know, I'm being honest. Uh, Miss Cynthia said, you know, not really. And mm. I think to myself that, you know, it's because of the lack of people that say they're Christian mm-hmm. or be an example of what Christians are supposed to be like, mm. because they don't know the word of God. Oh, and if it's you, so true. In the Word of God, you're going to live by the Word of God. And mm-hmm. so that kind of goes on the difference between what's a real Christian and what's not. Because mm-hmm. we've got a lot of people going to church, but a lot of people aren't. They don't know the Word of God because mm-hmm. they even say they live the Word of God. Oh, mm-hmm. man, that that wow. is so good. Let me just tell you, that's that's recently, and and I'm telling you this because I'm saying that we are trying to in all of our ways, glorify God, glorify God. Recently, this has been a part of the conversation that we're having with our children. What does it look like to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? And even yesterday we were talking about how a follower 
lives in God's word. Mm. You are rooted in God's word. I mean, this is John 8, 31 and 32. This, mm-hmm. this is what he's saying. If you continue in my word, then you are really disciples of mine. Mm-hmm. If you continue in my word, look, we can no longer deceive ourselves or our children by giving them little feel goods. You've got Jesus in your heart and then sending them out there into a world that is ready to see their destruction. Right. We've got to accurately train them. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.